0: Both the Premier League and Bundesliga are going through the closest title races this season. Arsenal have slowed down their steps after the World Cup, but Manchester City are also bumping around. Bayern Munich not only have to face Borussia Dortmund, but also Union Berlin in a contest. Welcome back to CGTN Sports Talk. I am Li Xiang, and I'm glad to be joined by my colleague Josh here. Great to be back. So, I know that the Premier League has always been maybe not a two-team race, but it's always been about Liverpool and Man City mm-hmm. during the past three or four years. This time, Liverpool kind of fell off. Yeah. But City are not in their dominant position like I assumed to like before the season began.
1: Yeah, the Manchester City are in a weird position, this team, because uh, they got Erling Haaland and they added him to the team and... Haaland is a sensational player. You look at the Mm -hmm. records, he's already broken. You look at the amount of goals he's scoring. But he's made them an easier team to figure out. There's now one direct focal point of attack. It's one less player in the pep style of total football. So you can kind of see that while they've become more threatening with a clinical goal scorer, teams have been able to figure them out. And it's now six games on the road, I believe it is, where they've just got a draw. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's like I say, it's kind of bizarre because you think they would have improved. Yeah. But instead it's like they've taken a step back and that's allowed Arsenal, who are coached by Mikel Arteta, who's considered Pep's protege mm-hmm. to take over.
0: I mean, usually in the past few years, when City were kept failing, winning the Champions League, you all, we always say that oh, they need a real scorer like Lewandowski, like Holland. You can't just keep you can't just keep passing the ball until it goes into the net. Mm-hmm. Now they have Holland, but somehow they forgot how they used to play, and they have no backup plan. I mean, it's kind of hard to assume that will happen to a team of Pep Guardiola.
1: Yeah, that, that's it. Although. I must admit, I feel like we've seen this before when Zlatan joined mm. Barcelona, mm-hmm. where you took this team that was like it, like the Manchester City team of now, where it's very much a case of every player can play every position, every single week, constant tinkering with positions, with who's playing, who's on the bench, who's starting, what have you. Suddenly they get this dedicated goal scorer who should make them more clinical, who should take them over the over the top and instead it's kind of backfired i mean admittedly in this particular case Haaland has been brought in i feel with the specific purpose of winning the champions league mm. because every single year manchester city or basically every single year you know pep hasn't won that that competition since
0: last time he did it barcelona was like 2 years yeah ago it's, it's, that's
1: the yeah. thing i mean that's the reason why i paused i'm trying to think of how long it's been mm-hmm. and it's if 10 if not 15 years So I can see that what's happened is the owners of Manchester City have seen him getting close but not close enough. And overall, I'm willing to assume that, quite simply, not enough in terms of goals, not enough in in terms of penetration, and Holland is supposed to fix that, which is to say, if they don't win the Premier League, come second, perhaps even drop down to third with Manchester United surging as they are, Mm -hmm. but if they still win the Champions League and it's the first time City done it, first time Pep's done it in over a decade, that will be considered a success. But at the moment, it's this weird paradox of they've brought in a world-class player, probably going to be a Ronaldo-level sensation going forward, and yet it's made them a weaker side. True.
0: I mean, I, I totally understand why City have been so patient with Pep, because he made his team so dominant in the Premier League, which is basically the top league in the world, mm-hmm. and he kept help them winning. The thing is, I also heard fans of City and also their people who don't like them say the only one who could actually beat City is also Pep Guardiola. Yeah. He always has this kind of weird combinations and concepts like maybe say a lineup is working well and has been winning 10 games and suddenly he decided to change it. Yeah. And he knows someone works and suddenly he decided to bench them. What is he thinking? Like, what, I don't understand him as a manager.
1: Well, there was an interview with Philipp Lahm. It was done in German, so what I know of it is just like translated, mm. and you get segments, quotes here and there. But I remember he said that he that Pep basically ruined the confidence of that buy-in squad mm. because every week it was something new, something different. Maybe you'll start, maybe you won't, and no one felt they could settle in directly into the rhythm. And when someone like Philip Lahm, world-class player, who very clearly can play, be it in in defence in yeah. midfield all over, is saying that, and you have Manuel Neuer talking about how they were trying to develop him into a more mm-hmm. attacking role, and that detracted from his goalkeeping skills and things like that, you know he really does try and evolve the game. And to be fair, he did a lot with that Barcelona squad when he came up in the Mm mid-2000s, really did change football basically forever until the next big sweep comes through. But yeah, when you see the success they have and he's still tinkering, he's still changing, and, you know, the issue with the Champions League, it's always a case of when he gets to the big game, he overthinks, he tries too much, and every team that's beaten them has always been a much smaller side. Mm -hmm. But when you look at who who it is, be it like Leon or someone, it's the side that... They have their own particular way, and it got them through the group stage, round of 16, quarters, whatever, and it just took them as far as they could go. Whereas with Pep, it's changing this, changing that, and that just leads to these small fractures building, and then when someone more consistent comes along, as we've seen time and again, it knocks them out of the tournament.
0: Yeah, I mean, what you just spoke about, Pep, I think it reminds me of Phil Jackson, who had Three dynasty in the Chicago Bulls in the mm-hmm. NBA and the Lakers. His problem is that he always tried to manipulate the team like Pab does. Yeah, like you never know what's going to happen. He keeps you hung over something. In the, I mean, they won a lot of titles, of course, but in the end, that's is his way to actually ruin the team because everyone began to distrust everyone. Mm-hmm. And it, I, I don't want to see City go through that. There are signs, very yeah. irritating signs.
1: Yeah. That, that, that's the thing with this squad is you think it should be mm. world-class just yeah. dominating everything but yeah you, you are seeing these fractures and things you know for example you look at the players that have left Zinchenko, uh, Raheem Sterling, Cancelo and every single one of them has basically spoken about the pep system mm-hmm. you can't talk back to him you no. do as you're told and you see these guys and like you say, they'll be playing five, ten games in a row, doing really well. Yeah. Suddenly bench, no explanation. You don't fit into the new system. Why is there a new system? Don't talk back, you bench another game. So what he does clearly works, but I feel like Wooden goes far as saying it's running out, but if he can't get the Champions League, at least now they've got Haaland there specifically to do that. Mm-hmm. And you see, you know, Arsenal pipping them to the yeah. post in a lot of places. Manchester United catching up with them. I almost wonder if if you would have this Manchester City side. Let's say you took it back two or three seasons when Liverpool was still full strength, mm-hmm. when Chelsea were still competitive. I almost wonder if they wouldn't even be top four.
0: True. I mean, I think patience will finally run out if he can't do what they want the most from him, and that's the Champions League mm-hmm. title. Yeah. For Arsenal, they're now still three points ahead and playing one fewer game. Mm-hmm. They're actually kind of the opposite of Pep Guardiola. They're not talented as, as a team, but they have confidence. They yeah. have energy, have passion for the game. It's fair to say that after the World Cup, you know, you took too long a vacation and things will kind of go rusty. Do you think they can pick it up after a week or two?
1: I think so, because besides for the Arsenal team that was the Invincibles that went all the way, mm-hmm. I feel like every team gets a wobble or so. Yeah. And the squad they have is, you know, pretty fantastic with players like Eddie and Ketia, mm-hmm. um and Odegaard. So they have a lot of talent. They have a lot of skill. But for me, a thing that I think really stood out was the game against Aston Villa, yeah. where even in the di- like they won in the dying moments, basically. But you could see throughout, they, they just never gave up. They kept pushing. And I almost feel like in being the underdogs rather than the outright favorites, that's given them the drive and the particular verve of play which I think can take them over the top because mm. with Manchester City, I thing that's clear throughout Pep's reign, actually now I think about it, is there's been plenty of games where they come into it acting as if they are the favourites, the guarantee to win. And when they get pressured and go down early, they don't recover because they're not designed for this. Whereas with Arsenal, who have had to prove themselves not just in terms of the the league right now, but since Arsene Wenger left, with Unai Emery being there, mm-hmm. different managers stepping in, now Mikel Arteta, trying to reclaim that legacy. They have to prove themselves every step of the way, and I think it's that that will probably take them to the league title this year.
0: True. I mean, with all my respect for Wenger and his successors, I think now Arsenal actually have something that hasn't been seen in that team for over 10 years, mm. like you said, resilience and never giving up, the spirit, that's all going to be... Maybe the game changer It's already the game changers this season. Maybe it will take them to something more glorious. I I mean, I would never imagine, I would say Manchester United will be one of the title racers this yeah. season, but since they have been on the rise for mm-hmm. so long, do you think they're now a serious contender?
1: I, I, th- I think it's one of those things where I wouldn't go as far as saying a serious contender for the top, But I do... I would not be surprised if they end up finishing second. Mm. Because I feel like they're a little bit off the pace with Arsenal. But they are three points behind, two points behind Manchester City. And the way City have been wobbling, whereas the way United are in ascendancy, they just won the Carabao Cup, which is a very small trophy, but it's a trophy nonetheless. Mm -hmm. You know, you look at the way Marcus Rashford is playing. Right now, he's the best player in the league. And... I that I think the proof of that is even in games where he's not scoring, it's because he's in double coverage. It's because they know that if they give him an, a yard of space, a second of time, he'll score a goal. So when you've got players in form like that, I, I feel like anything can be achieved. And like I say, I would not be shocked if they reach second place. And also, now that Ten Hag is fully established himself, mm-hmm. Glazer's yeah. apparently on the way out. I would not be surprised if next year is the first year they really challenge for the championship.
0: Mm, that's pretty fast for a rebuild for United because they've been doing so for, well, since Alex well, Ferguson left.
1: Well, the the reason why I think he's been able to do it is that he hasn't really had to rebuild because with the exception of Anthony Casemiro, and I, as far as I can tell, that's basically it, it's the same squad that was under Oli, under Ralph Ranić, mm-hmm. but he's getting the best out of them. It's like with... When Thomas Tuchel stepped in at Chelsea, Frank Lampard had that squad barely doing anything. Less than a a year later, Thomas Tuchel took them to winning the Champions Mm -hmm. League. So I, I feel like in terms of rebuild, all the parts were there. He simply finished it off. And now with a summer transfer window, with money to spend. I wouldn't be surprised if we get the final building blocks to a championship league winning side.
0: That's true. I guess it really takes the correct manager to for things to really click Mm -hmm. in the end, and that's what happened in United. In Bundesliga, usually Bayern, as the club that has won the most Bundesliga titles, they only face one competitor and sometimes Mm -hmm. none at all. Yeah. And this time, there's Dortmund, there's Berlin are Bayern Munich slowing down or these two clubs really get better?
1: Yeah, it's 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 interesting this year because, yeah, like you say, it's always Bayern and someone else. Mm. And the thing that I really like about the Bundesliga is if you are to remove Bayern from it, it's one of those competitive leagues in the world because I feel like every year teams are going up and teams are going down. Dortmund are generally always there or thereabouts. But you think of like... Um, Werder Bremen uh, Leverkusen mm-hmm. sometimes they're in second place sometimes yeah. they're getting relegated sometimes True. in the Champions League final sometimes they're not in Europe at all but like this year for example you mentioned Union Berlin they're currently in third place they didn't play second division football until the 21st century they didn't play in the Bundesliga the, the top Bundesliga True. until two or three seasons mm-hmm. ago and now they're competing for a title and They've earned it every step of the way. They're such an energetic, high-paced attacking team that you really do look at them and think, you know, this side can do things. They're currently in the uh, UEFA Conference League. Uh, they go against uh, Union Saint-Gilois. Mm-hmm. Much smaller team. You can really see them, if not winning the Bundesliga, just winning something and just growing and growing and growing. As for Dortmund, like it's, a, it's weird because they are in the same position as, say, like Ajax or someone (laughs) where their whole business model is we develop a player, we sell them on, we reinvest the money. However, it seems like no matter who they lose, they don't seem to diminish in quality. Like, you know, just mentioned Haaland. He is one of the best players in the world. When he was playing for Dortmund, he was still one of the best players in the world. You would assume with his absence, a lot would have changed. And instead they're in second place. Mm It took a, a while for Edin Terzic to step in as a as a real manager because I believe it was Marco Rosa. Yeah. And then he left and Terzic is back, and suddenly in his second stint he's figured things out. Uh, they still have Jude Bellingham. It, uh, there's a lot of great players in that squad. Sebastian Allaire's back after his cancer diagnosis. And it's one of those things where the, the thing with Dortmund is when they have won, it was like when, last time I think it was when Jurgen Klopp was there about a decade ago, they capitalized on Bayern's mistakes Mm -hmm. and I feel like they or Union or even Freiburg or Leipzig who are in fourth and fifth place that I think they could do it as well because it isn't just a case of Bayern or slowing down there was the press conference with Julian Nagelsmann after a game a few weeks ago where he basically threw a tantrum and was like complaining about the referees they're not on his side and when you see that kind of like mental frailty Mm -hmm. that conveys there's a lot of problems going on True. and I almost think it's similar to what I was saying about Manchester City where they're so used to being the top dogs when they have to like sc- scrap against the smaller teams they're not used to it they don't like it they're complaining about it so I feel like if the other teams can keep the pace they can do something specifically because I say teams and not team because it's always okay this season it's Bayern and Dortmund it's Bayern and Leverkusen. This time it's Bayern and Dortmund and Berlin.
0: And probably another two teams.
1: Yeah, so if all these teams can keep up the pressure, I think it can do enough to knock them off the top spot.
0: Yeah. You know, when they say that it's not healthy for the league to have only one dominant club and there should be more, Mm. I agree they're right, partly. But Bundesliga today is more like... Because Bayern has been their icon for so long. Yeah. If Bayern play like this, wobble like this, does it mean that the Bundesliga as a whole actually are growing worse?
1: I, I almost think it's a sign that the Bundesliga is growing better. Oh, Because if you have one team that's so dominant and crushing everyone else, it makes it seem like you have one competitive team and then 17, 19, others that are just there to basically play friendlies and keep the team warm until they play in the Champions League, something like that. Whereas, you know, if you have teams that are generally, com- generally competing with them, it isn't just a case of, you know, buying and fumbling and making mistakes. These teams coming up, your, your Dortmunds, your Union Berlins, for example, they are very good sides. Like mm-hmm. I say, in the uh, Conference League and the Champions League, they're winning games. They're getting out of group stages. They're going quite far. If they can keep doing that, I think it makes the Bundesliga look like a stronger league. And at the end of the day, I think that's a benefit, especially when you consider the way football financing is going. It's all heading towards the Premier League. Yeah. No one wants to invest in team that loses all the time, team that isn't going to win anything. That's what sucked the life out of Serie A, La mm-hmm. Liga. So, you know, you don't want to say buy and have to lose – But if they can at least look threatened, I think it benefits the league as a whole.
0: That's true. Um, In the end, what are your predictions for the Premier League and Bundesliga?
1: I think Arsenal will win the Premier League, not by much, Mm -hmm. but let's say three points by by Mm -hmm. a game. Very close. As for the Bundesliga, I think Bayern will come back and maintain their position, but i suspect it's going to be very very close mm. like significantly closer than it's been for a while because typically you know typically bayern have that league wrapped up by now mm. pretty much end of february start of march i think it's gonna be a nail biter and that alone will be a very moral victory for when john berlin who went even there for brucey Dortmund, who are very small And I think that will help the Bundesliga grow in the future. Yeah,
0: so maybe for the first time in a long time, we will see Bayern or someone else fight for the title until the last round of the competition.
1: Yeah, exactly. Because, you know, now we're talking about it. I can't even remember the last time Bayern had a head-to-head finale. The only times I can think of it being like that are when Leverkusen or when Dortmund or when Werder Bremen won. Because they kept them challenging right to the end. Mm -hmm. When Bayern win it, it feels like every year they're wrapping up a little bit earlier and a little bit, but a little closer to their winter break. So, if they can keep pushing it, the smaller teams keep pushing it, I think that's a very good sign.
0: It is definitely. And I think so much for today. Thank you for listening. Hopefully, we'll be hearing from you guys very soon next week. See you.
1: Speak to you then. Bye bye.